You're listening to Banter with the Boys. Talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Banner with the Boys. I'm back this week. Had a little sickness last week, last week that went through the household. Thank you, daycare. That is a joy. That is a joy. As always, got my main man, Smelty, with me. How we doing? How you feeling? I'm all right. Uh, you're back. Back again, of course. But, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we took care of business last week while you were gone, Kevin and I. But welcome back. Hopefully, is everybody feeling good? Like, everybody in the household now healthy? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily the most healthy, but we're we're feeling a lot better than last week. Sure, we're feeling tre- a lot better than last trending week. Trending in the right direction. Draft stock is going up. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Draft, draft stock is back up and running. We're projected back in the second round. Still got some work to do to get to the first. But uh, on that note, thank you, you guys, for taking over last week. Kevdy did an amazing job, brother. Not always on the X's and the O's. Sometimes you got to make those appearances. We love you, man. On that note, let's get into the Week 14 recap. Unfortunately, we're going to start with my Packers this week. Boy, did they shit the bed last night. For whatever reason, this year we show up against the good teams, can't show up against the bad teams that we're supposed to beat. We ended up losing this one 22-24. Did have the lead, you know, for the most part, going into the second half at least, you know, we we did. Then the Giants kind of went on a little run, and it just... The offense was back to what it was when I was back talking shit about the offense that we did have. So I think I am going to go back to just not being high on Jordan Love because for whatever reason, he just has a vendetta against me personally. He listens to the pot. He does. He, he does. Must. So He's keep listening listener. to Jay Love. As yeah. much as I love my Packers, I hate you. So hopefully this is what it takes to get back into your prime form. As I'm kidding. I don't hate you, Jay Love. But what, is your, what do you think, Smelty? What a shitty game, man. Who do they play next week? The Bucks? No, okay. He'll go for 300 yards and three tuds next week. Now you talk shit about him. But no, I mean, all in all, I don't know. The Packers look different this week than they did the week prior. I don't know. J-Love Jay, Jay just wasn't as sharp this week, and it was obvious. Uh, and then, you know, leading as late as they did, and then obviously, who caught that that touchdown at the end? Was it Jaden Reed? Or I'm sorry. Yeah, Jaden Reed. Was it Reed that caught that touchdown? For the no. Packers, Malik Heath. Did they? Oh, that's right. They overturned that one that he uh, reached across the goal line with, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then they found Heath. Okay, okay. But, like, the drive after that for the Giants, like, what what the hell happened with the defense? Tommy Cutlets, brother. I, for I I don't know, man. The defense actually played pretty damn good this whole game, especially in, for, until that moment. Yeah, until which they is crazy. we needed them the most. Then you know they got the run game going, and like the last two or three drives was where the bulk of Saquon's yards came from in this game. We couldn't stop Tommy De, Tommy DeVito in the run game. You know he didn't he didn't have a great game passing. He's you know seventeen for twenty one looks good, but for one hundred and fifty eight yards and one touchdown. But no, but no picks, no sacks. No picks, no sacks. That's you what know? surprised me the most about this game is we did not get any sacks. The Giants' offensive line is one of the worst in the league. We have a pretty formidable pass rush. You know, they're not gaudy. You know, they're not the they're not the Niners and then not the Cowboys. Nothing remotely close to that. But you know, we do have Rashawn Gary. He didn't show up this game, and no, and I've been no. praising him throughout the whole year. And it, we just we couldn't contain Devito for one. 
And then we, we just couldn't really get the pressure on them to, to cause that big defensive play that's kind of gotten us through the last couple of weeks. Right, like the, like the picks and other stuff like that. It just wasn't there. And, the, and that's the thing. Him being 17 for 21, yeah, it's only 158 yards. But what that tells me is that he's able to find his checkdowns quick. You know, he's able to bail out of whatever. You know, I'm sure walking up to the line, you have somebody you're looking for immediately. Like, I'm looking for this dude off the snap immediately, but he's able to move on from it. Unlike some other quarterbacks we'll talk about tonight, but he's able to move on from that first read, even the second read, boom, there's your check down before he gets sacked or is able to throw the ball away. But only four incompletions, he was obviously finding people all game. Yeah, it might only be for two yards, but two yards is better than zero yards. Yeah, and those four incompletions, I want they like there. There was two really bad throws on their first drive, and then the next drive there was one. So I mean, if my memory serves me right, that's three of those four in the first two drives. And then you look at Love on the other side. The first drive he missed two throws that you weren't hard throws. You just have to make those throws. And then that pick was just horrendous. Yeah, horrible. The, the first drive they went three and out. Yeah, or did yeah. they get one first? They did go three I and believe out. they no, they went three and out because That's it was what I thought, it was I know a the quick two pass outside that he just completely missed. I believe it was Dobbs. Then he missed AJ Dillon on a wide open one. Just, it was just, yeah, just and sails it. Not that he was like highly pressured. He just straight up sails it. And like I said, that pick is it was just horrendous. You you can't make that throw. I I don't know what he was thinking. And you know, luckily the Giants didn't capitalize on that. Our defense played great the first half. And they, then they did, but the offense was really forcing it to me. The Packers' offense was forcing it. No matter if they were trying to run the ball or throw the ball, they were forcing it. I mean, 39 attempts, you're, you're forcing him to try to throw the ball on this defense, which you should be able to do. No, you absolutely should be able to. It's the Giants don't have a great defense by any way, shape, or form. And it was just a weird game. Because, I mean, the Packers were basically in control of the game as poor as they played until Keyshawn Keyshawn Nixon muffed that punt in the second half, and then the Giants scored almost immediately. So that was, and then, you know, the Giants just kind of didn't lose that momentum. We tried to gain it back. We actually drove down the field one one drive where just they couldn't stop A.J. Dillon from getting three to four, five yards of carry, and Love was actually finding those receivers. And then we try a double fucking reverse. Like, yeah. what are shit. we doing? Just like, like we're, we're actually getting north and south right now, which you really haven't been able to do. And then you just try this. And yeah, the, the, the end around to Jaden Reed was working great. But like, why? When you're having that, that just blows my mind about this LeFleur play calling. It just, you have something going and then you have to do this trick play. And then the double reverse try pass. Like, what are we doing right now? You're just killing your own momentum. Any any time the Packers look like they're starting to gain some momentum, and I don't care what anybody said. How do you feel about momentum? Like momentum in a game, oh, whether it's football matters, or whatever. Especially as the away team, right? Like if you have, well, I, I say that. I mean, I I say that is in it, it weighs heavier as a home team. So if you have the a momentum as an away team, like you you have to take advantage of that because it's not something you're going to regularly get. You're not going to get it the entire game. No, and it just takes one play for that momentum to shift if you're the away team, and I. It was just it was just every drive. They really couldn't yeah, there's points on the board, but they they had just struggled to put together full drives every game. Every game. Every game, yeah, you're right. And and usually that falls in the first half. Like the offense was just it, it just I don't understand. And they, and they they were they they were winning at halftime, right? Yeah. yeah. 10 to 10-7, doing just fine. Again, 
most likely in control of the game. Uh, and, and then they decide to, I don't know. I feel like they really didn't adjust much coming out of half. They didn't. They, they, they didn't adjust much coming out of half at all. And that's actually where we've had a lot of success. Right, it's and, your second half. And where that momentum shift is that muffed punt was the Packers actually went 3-0 and out and held the Giants at 3-0 and out coming out of the half. And then we muffed the punt. We give it to them in their own 20. And, I mean, the game was really over from there. The, yeah. the Giants went up 14-10. And then the Packers did end up going up 22-21. You know, they got that field goal. And that, that missed field goal by Anders Carlson really hurts now, especially, <laughs> you know, with the, the, the game – from what it was. And I don't know, this game was just frustrating because at no point did I think like the Packers were in full control of this game, that they were going to pull it off. And it, it, I just should have that confidence against the Giants. Well, you should. No, you definitely should. But like DeVito and Barkley were, and were doing just enough to keep them in front. It was either one of them coming up with a clutch play every drive to kind of keep that hope alive that they could beat you guys. So I... I feel like the Packers really let only two players beat them, truly. It, 100%. 100%. It was nobody defensively jumped off the stat sheet. And, yeah, man, all of the confidence I had from the last three weeks playing three, two really good teams, one good team, and then you just throw it away. I mean, we're still in the playoffs right now, so, I mean, it's not like and I'm with, just down on the season. We have with, a very easy schedule Yeah, left. right, right. Yeah, it's not it's not super hard. You go uh, – no, actually, I'm sorry. The Bucks go to you this weekend. I think that's a winnable game. That's a it's, game that you have to use to get back on track to sneak into that playoff. Yeah, and then it's Panthers, Vikings, Bears. All winnable games. I believe are, the Bears game is at Lambeau, if I'm not mistaken. They, those are all winnable games. Yeah, they're all games we're favored in, like, as of right now. And I mean, we were a six-and-a-half-point favorite going into this game. Which, I obviously, we both took that. Mm-hmm. We, we thought it was easy money. It was not easy money. <laughs> no, that's that's when I was just like, all right, we're on a roll. We're going to keep rolling. But enough about the Packers, man. I, I really think we're going to bounce back next week. We still, like I said, are in playoffs right now. We control our own destiny. So it's. I, I think we could still make the playoffs this year. Will we do anything? That uh, depends on the J-Love we get. But let's transition here. Let's take a step here and go to the most exciting game we had of the weekend with your Minnesota Vikings traveling to the Sin City and pulling out a squeaker. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels, a squeaker. I, I think we both have two different definitions of exciting because I, I, I don't know. Like, just just to give you an example, like when the Vikings were getting smoked in the NFC Championship game in Philly a number of years back, I, I watched the whole game. I don't know why. It was really disheartening, but I, I watched the whole damn game. And this weekend, I damn near wanted to turn that thing off. It was so... <laughs> no words. I have no words. Um, I tell you what, Josh Dobbs, as we found out today, Nick Mullins will be the starter going into next week, but... The deal with Josh Dobbs, um, I think he just, he he knows who he's going to throw to immediately, and he doesn't come off them. And then when they're not open, he waits for them to get open. And that's where either, okay, now it's either he's scrambling or taking a sack. Uh, if we're lucky, he throws the ball away. But he literally, you saw it this week, and he literally waited until somebody came open instead of throwing someone open, instead of, even he he wasn't even leading his receivers some of the throws they were up behind him because he waited and then threw it to where they 
where they are, not where they were going. So I just, Josh Dobbs took a huge step backwards this week, just in his professional career. I, he was on track to potentially earn a biggish contract as a backup um, to potentially challenge for a starting spot, if not start for the Vikings next season. And now the, I don't think that's even in the question. I think Kwesi's calling Kirk Cousins at halftime, like, hey, homie, like, let's get this deal worked out like today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, that game was terrible. I, I had it on as one of the, the quad boxes on the big TV. And I say that like it's a fucking theater room. It's just my living room TV. It's just not my laptop, nah, which I watch restaurant Theater on. room. Um, Fake it till you make it. You got a theater room. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I had it on and I was actually, you know, the four games, that's the one I was listening to. But I, I really can't that say. That was a I, mistake. Yeah, I can't say I watched it because it was just, I tried, you know, because it's it, being in, on this podcast, we talk about two games the most, our two teams. So I, you know, want to have a vested interest. And uh, I, I, I just couldn't do it, man. It was, it, just both sides, it was terrible. I mean, terrible. good defensive game. The defenses looked good. Well, and then Max Crosby is just a fucking wrecking freak crew. of nature, dude. And and the thing is, is like people are gonna say, oh, of course you're gonna say good defenses, but when the offenses suck so bad, it's a little both. It's a little both. I do think both defenses played pretty darn well. Like you mentioned, Max Crosby, dude, he manhandled Brian O'Neill until he injured Brian O'Neill all game. I think O'Neal went out in the third quarter. It could have been the second quarter. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, dude, he was manhandling all, him all game. And Brian O'Neal is, what, one, two-time All-Pro, uh, one of the better right tackles in the league. He's starting to sputter a little bit. He is. But he's still top 10 right tackle in the league, I would say. He's still top five. And, okay, yeah. Coming from Pac fan, top five. And Max Crosby absolutely, man, like, almost what Khalil Mack was doing to, to tackles, like, what, four years ago or whatever. Just manhandling. Yeah, it was. I mean, that was actually it was. It was pretty fun to watch, just because you don't you don't really see that. You, to you paid that more extent. attention to the defense in this game on both sides, probably because there's nothing going on on the offense. So you it, it forced people that normally maybe don't look at the defenses as much to actually watch the defense. You know, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to like get any excitement out of the game, you had to look <laughs> for defensive plays. <laughs> So, yeah, but, I mean, it, it was just the, the Vikings defense actually looked really good. And like you said, yeah, the offenses were, were shit. But it's you still got to give credit where credit's due. And I do think that, you know, especially I know you're going to touch on him, but that Ivan Pace Jr., he had himself a little coming out party, eh? Well, this whole season's a coming out party for him. He was an undrafted rookie out of uh, ooh Cincinnati or South Carolina. Cincinnati. Uh, it was a Cincinnati. Okay, I was like. I knew it was whatever. Anyway, I was right. Um, <laughs> undrafted rookie, uh, kind of made waves in preseason. Like people were like, "Well, who is this kid?" And then he kind of he made the roster, obviously, and then kind of started getting slotted into that starting role because he earned it. And you just saw why this past weekend. I mean, thirteen tackles, one of them a sack. Um, he was he was in the quarterback's face all game. He also ended up getting the pretty much the game ceiling pick uh he read that play like a book just dropped back into coverage i don't know if aiden didn't see him or whatever but he hucked it right at him and made the play game over pretty much but i mean the vikings all in all i mean it was an abysmal game on the offensive side of the ball um really the only positive is that alexander madison was having a great game until he hurt his ankle and then he was kind of i don't think he came back in the game but uh, if he did, it was like one play, and then he was like, I can't go. So 
So 10 carries, 66 yards for him. But he actually started breaking some tackles for the first time this season, which you haven't seen um, all year, which is kind of what, you know, us Vikings fans have been asking for, which is kind of what he was doing when he was the number two behind Dalvin, that power back role kind of. Um, so we saw a little bit of that this weekend. So that was a, that was a positive for me. Uh, Nick Mullins starting next week. We'll see. I mean, at least at least what Mullins was doing was throwing, getting rid of the ball before the receivers were even out of their breaks. That's what you have to do in the NFL. That's how tight your windows are in the NFL. And you saw Nick Mullins doing that kind of Kirk Cousins esque. Yeah, Nick Mullins actually looked halfway decent when he came in. He brought some excitement to the game, and like you, you were touching on Madison. It's like he was running angry for the first time for the this first year. time this year. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he didn't look like himself at all this year. And that was, it should be encouraging as a Vikings fan because you're going to get J.J. back, hopefully, who knows, if he just can last more than a series. But it's yeah. uh, it gives you at least a little bit of balance, and that's something that the, the Vikings offense has like seriously lacked this year. So I, I'd be encouraged if I was a Vikings fan coming out of what you saw in Mullins. Now, granted, small sample size, so we'll see what he does this week. Who do you guys play? Uh, they play the at, in Cincinnati with Ooh-wee. against a red-hot Jake Browning. Jake Browning or, or Jake Burrow here, buddy. Let's <laughs> also a former Viking, of course. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, just real quick before we wrap up this game, that really means nothing. Um, Devontae Adams. Uh, what what what's next for Devontae Adams? Because I really don't think it's Vegas right now. There's no way he's gonna. They just they had a view of him sitting on the sideline. This is before the game was even over. Before you. It was still zero zero, and uh, dude, he just looked really beside himself, like contemplating life in general. Like, what am I doing here? You know, he went there to play with Derek Carr, obviously, and that didn't work out. Um, there's got to be something else that's going to be next for him because I think he's still under contract for next season. I can't remember, but maybe I'll look that up here. But uh, I don't know. Like, what what what's next for Devonte Adams? That's a great question. You know, I don't, uh, I don't see Devontae Adams as a Raider next year. I, yeah, you know that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I don't either. So I'm curious where he goes. Um, do the Jets try to make a play? I don't think the Jets. I, I don't know if uh, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. To I think don't think about. so. But like, he actually, what if he has he has three years left on his deal. Bro. I know. I just looked too. I was like, holy shit. And it's, it's a lot of money. I mean, you're talking next year's a, well, the Vegas Vegas would have to eat some money for him to leave. Vegas definitely would have to eat, eat some money. And uh, I don't know if the jets, the jets might, they're so young that they would have to give up. I think too much. And, and, but at the same time, like Rogers only has two to three years left in him, like maybe. So you're in the Super Bowl window right now. I think Devontae would be a great fit on that team, pairing him up with Garrett Wilson, giving Garrett Wilson that veteran presence. And I just, I, it sucks to see because, you know, I'm a Packer fan and, and he did, he'd meant so much to me and the Packers that now you see him kind of trickle off when he, since he's left. Oh, you had two good years well, in Vegas or a year in Vegas. And that's the thing. Vegas, like, I, I think if he has a change of scenery next year, that trickle effect won't be in effect. <laughs> no. Because I think. He's just suffering to lack of poor quarterback play. 100%. 100%. And it'd be interesting. I think the Jets would probably be the biggest players in getting them. But you would think, at least for a PR move. But I just, I don't, who else? Like, I 
Seriously, I. What about the team that's going to be flushing cap space? That's really young. That's impressed a lot this year. I would love to see him down there with C.J. Stroud in Houston. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Are you looking at a team like Indy yeah. with a young Anthony okay. Richardson? But I, I don't think that would be as enticing for Devontae because at this point in his career, he's playing to win a championship and get a Super Bowl. So I don't think. I don't. I don't know if he would be the thing that would put him over the edge per se in Houston. I'm just trying to think who else could afford him even. Like, I don't even know. That's like, the I, thing, I don't bro. think anybody else could afford him unless he stays in Vegas or goes to one of those younger teams and tries to help them make a run. Like, seriously, I don't think any of the top teams right now, he'd be able to slot in anywhere. Now, does Jerry Jones make something crazy happen to get a Devontae Adams? Maybe. I don't know what he would make happen because they're pretty set the way they are. But if you added Devontae to that lineup, I don't the, the the Cowboys. There's no way. See, I'm looking at the yeah, salary. He'll just for, give Devontae his yacht. It's fine. Yeah, I'm looking for the salary cap next year for for the teams, and the Cowboys are projected right now to be 13 million under over the cap. Yeah, so not happening. No, so it's not happening. But looking at the top five teams here, you have the Commanders, Titans, Patriots, Colts, and Texans. So Colts and Texans have more than seventy thousand dollars in available cap. Patriots wouldn't be enticing for him because they don't have a quarterback and you'd be have to trust in either Caleb Williams or Drake May, who is they're probably going. One of them will be a Patriot next year. Look at the Colts. Where So then you have the Titans. Will Levis looks all right, but they're not a championship team. And then the commanders don't have a quarterback. Sam Howell is not going to be the team that's gonna, the, the quarterback that takes them to greatness. But pairing Devontae Adams with Terry McLaurin. Jahan Dotson, Jeremy no, no, no. Brown. Like, to think Ooh. about him going to that, that's what I was saying, thinking, like, when you started listing those teams, I was like, well, Washington's an option, maybe. But you're right, they don't have they don't have a quarterback. Sam Hall's not it. Uh, you look at those other four teams, there's, there's really only one team in that top five that has what you could say a solidified top-tier quarterback right now, and that's C.J. Stroud. Right, right. Man, I, I guess we'll see. We'll have to see what happens. But, I mean, I think, the, I think Vegas needs to dump them. Because him sulking on the sidelines not a good look for well, either one of them. And Vegas isn't anywhere close to contending. No, no, they're going. They're about to go into a full rebuild. I mean, they need to get rid of their head coach and they need to get a quarterback. Yeah, they're they're a long ways out. I, I guess from those teams that would have the most room, Houston does look the most promising. You know, they're they're not looking bad in general. Maybe it'd be a big addition for them. And right now, the Raiders are projected to have the seventh pick. So that's you're not getting Drake May or Caleb Williams, and I'm They'll I'm probably not end really, up with a Bo Nix, and that's not going to work out. I'm not big on any other quarterback coming out this year. I'm really not. Bo Nix, I think has he has. The, did Caleb uh, Williams even say if he's for sure coming out yet? I know Drake on, May did. Come on, Spelty. He's, he's I, coming. I know, but like with the NIL money he can make, like if the NIL money pales in comparison to an NFL salary. Nah. Bruh. Did you see the did you see the did you see the um the possibility for Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay, to that's, stay in Ohio State? Yeah, but the the thing is is You like, don't think so, Caleb Williams is gonna get that kind of money? I, I don't think he would get as much as an Ohio State player. Ohio State's Caleb boosters, Williams, the the most touted blah 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 quarterback. Uh, ever. I still I still <laughs> don't think he would get as much as Marvin. Is what Marvin's crazy. being offered because simply because Marvin is a sure bet. 100% sure bet. Caleb is kind of going into that he number. He looked rough to this year. 
Marvin Harrison? Caleb, Caleb. No, no, no. Yeah, I was no, going to no, say not Caleb. Marvin. No, no. Caleb started great, but he kind of fell into that number. Like right now, he's pretty, like a lot of people are projecting Drake May to go number one, and that wasn't even a thought seven weeks into the college no, football season. No, it wasn't. Season. No, it wasn't. So but that could be a whole nother conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Time, but, but, so yeah. Caleb Williams is definitely he's he's gonna he'll, he'll be a one or three pick, one three three pick. Depends on if that second team who it ends up being because right now it's the Patriots. So, yeah, right now it's Bears-Patriots, so you might very well see those two quarterbacks off the board. But nonetheless, let, let's switch gears here. Let's get back into the NFL, uh, the Week 14 slate. We have Buffalo and Kansas City, which, all joking aside, did actually end up being the game of the week. That was It was one hell of a game from start to finish. Buffalo ended up squeaking this one out, winning 20-17, to with Smelty taking the Buffalo to cover that one-and-a-half points. I took the Chiefs to cover that one-and-a-half, and they did not because they lost. Um, but what a great game from kind of start to finish in this one. It's a classic Bills Chiefs game, you know. Well, classic as of like these past few years for yeah, sure. Yeah, I forgot to like, say that at the end of no, that. No, but like, and everybody already knows that anyway. I'm just slapping it in there. But like, nah, no doubt. I mean, great game, back and forth all game. But it wouldn't be a Chiefs game without some sort of controversy, of course. But, um, yeah, truly, truly a hard fought game. Both sides, both quarterbacks. Damn near the same shit. Uh, I mean, <laughs> both throwing over two. two oh, I'm sorry, Josh Allen did not throw over two fifty, two thirty three. But both a tud, both a pick. Um, both use their legs. I guess Pat Mahomes only ran it once, but you know, tip, typical shit from both teams. Truly, yeah, it really was. And to be honest with you, the quarterback play wasn't great. It's not what it you wasn't. Expect That's what you, I mean. Like yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't quarterback versus quarterback, really. No, it really wasn't. And I mean, the the story of this game obviously comes at the end. We'll, we'll, we'll obviously we will touch on that. But I think what came at the end of that game overshadows the actual greatness of these two teams rivalry they've kind of built for over the course of the last years. And where the hell did James Cook come from? This guy, he went, he had himself a day, 58 yards rushing on 10 carries. You know, he's averaging over five and a half there. And then he had 83 yards on five receptions with that 21 yards, 27 yard touchdown. That was a thing of beauty. That should, that that surprised the hell out of me that the Chiefs didn't like have that focal point. Well, I guess that doesn't surprise me that he wasn't the focal point. Don't get me wrong. He, he's Allen's just kind of started finally. Like, obviously, everybody's known who he is because of who his brother is too. So they think he might have the same ability. But he's kind of just finally started emerging more and showing us way more these past few weeks. And yeah, he did it again. I mean, his ability to turn that speed on and off is insane. Yeah, it is, and he's he's so so shifty. He's a lot shiftier than Delvin. Delvin's not a power back by any way, shape, or form, but he has a bigger stature to him. He's more that he's not a downhill runner, but he's more of a downhill runner than, than James. James. Yeah, you know, and and mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think James Cook is he he's exciting to watch just because you never know what you're gonna get. You, you might get ten carries for thirty two yards, or you might get ten carries for eighty, and he's gonna pop off for one big explosive, just fun play to watch. But let's get to it, Smelty. The story of this game came at the last, well, not at the, not the last play of the game, but the last Chiefs play of the game. Well, it didn't end up being the last Chiefs play of the game. But either. we all I know need to what, come the, back. what the F you're but talking about. But one of the about. greatest, coolest plays you'll ever see brought back by an offensive offsides by Kadarius Tony. And, ah, uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. That's the but, dad uh, in me coming out. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean, to be honest... It's it's the right call, first off. It's 100% the right call to call that back um, because he was offsides. It's not that he was offsides, Smeltzy. He was egregiously offsides. <laughs> he, he was offsides. 
and any of these Chiefs fans, like, some of the stuff I've seen since the game, like, on, on social media and stuff, it's just ridiculous. Like, you you guys know the rules, man. You know the rules. And so the issue is, too, is that, like, some of them are like, oh, well, you know, Tony did actually check with the ref. No, he didn't. No, he, he didn't. He looked at him. He looked at him. I did see him look at him, but it was literally, like, a half second, like, um, boom, done. No like, receivers you didn't, you didn't, are actually checking with the ref when they do that. They are. Well, they, To see no, if they're on the line, no, but the no, ref will, you know... Go like this or whatever, like tell him to back up or whatever. But he's not going to yell across the field at right. you. Be like, hey, you're off sides, bro. That's not going to happen. You've been playing. He also did it f- early. You've been playing. He did, fo- it, he did it before his line was even set. Right. Yeah. Before the center <laughs> even touched the ball, which is going to move the ball slightly anyway. Before his center even touched the ball, he looked over at the ref for not even a half second and looked back. You've been playing football almost what your whole life, and that that's what you're going to decide. Like, I, it's on Tony. No, it 100% is. And do I do I agree with the call? Yes. Do I agree that it was a penalty? Yes. Do you, do I agree with making that call at that point in the game? No, you got to let that play. But you, when it's you that obvious, that though. No, I, I get it. I get it. And then, and, and then people talk about the Von Miller play, what, a play before that or right after, after it? It was right after it. But the, the, the problem with it is the picture that people keep using, the still of Von Miller, well, that, that effing camera's behind the line of yeah. scrimmage, not down the line of scrimmage, people, first off. Second off, as soon as, what's their center's name? Is that Creed Humphrey? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as Creed's hand moves, Vaughn's going. Guess what? He's a Hall of Famer. He's got it, He's got snap timed up. That's not offsides to me. No, and I have and no dog in this fight. The, the thing about it, Smeltz, is they used the same camera. The, the camera didn't move from the Tony play to the Miller play, and they went back five yards. So you're right. They were behind. <laughs> so it's it's like you, you can't bring that up. The other thing is, like, and I've seen it now, too, that... Tony was doing it throughout the game. Was it as egregious? No. Was he warned? No. But when you Mm. look at the amount of calls that of offensive offsides that were called last year versus this year, it's three last year versus 11 this year. The majority of those offensive offsides are the right or left tackle lining up too far back on the ball. AK Jawan Taylor has been known to do it this whole year, really. Which would technically be a, uh, not a legal formation. It's, it's still, yeah. You're right. Juwan Taylor has been doing it all year. It's still offsides, though. It, it's not yeah, considered yeah, yeah. legal formation, so it still sure. counts towards that 11. Sure. Um, so, you know, it's not often a receiver. A, a, anything split from the line lines it, up offsides. It's, it's, you a just, hi, it's a high school penalty it, is what like, that is. You so, don't get called for that at this level. So I, I was listening to the McC- Pat McAfee show yesterday, and, uh, and they had Ryan Clark on it, and, you know, he's – NFL vet, he played in the league for a long time, and he's like, the first thing they teach you in football is alignment, then assignment, and then I forget the third thing he said, but the first thing they teach you when you get to the NFL is before you even know if you're a receiver to run a fucking route is alignment, where you line up on the line. <laughs> and it's like, like, and it, just the fact that it's Tony and he's cost the Chiefs so much this year, so much this year, with drops, with just bonehead plays and... We're going to get into the reaction to Other it all here heads. later. Um, <laughs> but it just sucks that that overshadowed the game it, because it, does, it was such it a was good game. It was truly a good game. The defenses really showed up well, too, that game. They did. It, it, I mean, it, was, it had a playoff feel to it. As they always were with those snap, two teams. Yeah, no, those two no shit. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And you, I mean, no, I can't even say it. I, I was going to say that Josh Allen played a little better than his normal playoff self, but he really didn't. He played like shit, and so did Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's Allen's just, like ninth just... straight game with a turnover or something but like again, that. But again, it's like every every snap mattered that game. That's, that's I guess, what I'm getting at. Like, 
as far as like that playoff feel. Every single snap mattered. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and it was yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna get into this game a little bit more a little bit later on here in the pod. So let's let's move gears again here. We'll talk about the Colts taking on the Bengals, traveling to Cincinnati. Cincinnati was actually a one and a half point underdog in this game. I picked the Colts to cover that one and a half points, and you picked the Cincinnati to, well, either win or again cover that one and a half points. And you were very right on this one, brother. The Colts did not show up. The Colts ended up losing 14 to 34. The story of this game, though, is he continues to shine, Smelty. Mr. Jake Brow. <laughs> Jake. Oh, that was nice. That was nice. Um, you're going to catch me off guard with every game, <laughs> I think, at this point. But uh, yeah, dude, Jake looked. I, I don't know. He looked outstanding. Um, and I think. And I think if you're the Bengals, you're feeling actually kind of confident at a potential playoff run at this point. He's doing enough to win games. He just beat another team this weekend that is in the AFC uh, playoff picture for a wild card in that race. So he's doing enough. And he's got a Vikings team this week that's abysmal on offense right now. Dude, the Bengals, the Bengals could make a run. They really could. I mean, the AFC North is kind of trickling outside of the Steelers. Is sorry, not the Steelers, but the Ravens as well. So I don't. Know. I've been just mad impressed with this cat, man. He's he's never really been given the opportunity in the NFL, and now that he has it, he's just taken off with it. And how about Chase Brown, dude? dude? How about Chase Brown? So, and that's the thing about Chase Brown. So, do you watch college football? Yeah. Um, I can't say Hit I'm a devoted fan. Hit or miss. What, what what do you watch? Like if it's on like an Alabama or an SEC nah, school or anything? If, if it is, you I'll watch probably watch the Badgers. Oh, oh, duh, duh. Yeah, the Badgers, duh, duh. Okay, so Chase Brown out of Illinois, he's been he's been running up and down the Big Ten the past number of years, and uh, it was between him and honestly Mo Ibrahim for the Gophers. I can't lie, Mo was a beast. But anyway, shout out. Um, also probably out of the league already this year, but um. But Chase Brown, dude, yeah, dude, he's a beast. He's fast. As soon as he he's a he's a guy that you just want to get the ball in his hands, whether it's over in the air or you're handing it off, pitching it, doesn't matter. You just want him to get the want to get the ball in his hands because he can make guys miss. And he's not even it's not even his he's he's got a good juke ability, but it's not even just that. It's just his ability to start and stop again just so quickly. He's shifty. Yeah, and I know we use that word a lot, but it but what else are you gonna say? It, it's a fact. Yeah, he's he's really really like it. Like I don't want to use it again, but just, but he's super elusive. So there just with the with the way that agile cinnamon <laughs> synonyms coming in. <laughs> um, Start pulling out a dictionary. <laughs> um, but it was also this uh this Colts offense just couldn't get going, man. Like Michael Pittman had himself a good game, but it was the the, the running game. Zach Moss has actually been pretty damn good in in relief of Taylor and he he just could not he, get going. Zach Zach really only had like two good rushes that game. Yeah. Uh, and that was it. I damn, Trey Sermon. I wasn't even sure if he was still in the league to be honest with you. So he he got three carries for only 13 yards. But yeah, no, Zach Moss just he d- he didn't have it going this week at all. I mean that that 12-yard run was about all he had. <laughs> Yeah, I think he had like getting one other like kind of bigger run, but that was, I mean, not more than twelve, obviously. Right, and the Colts need a balanced offense because Gardner's not going to go and win you games. He's no. going to play good enough where he's he's probably not going to lose you the game. 
but they need some sort of balanced ability. You know, even you just having 18 rushes. Now, granted, why would you run more than that when you're averaging 2.6 yards a carry and you're down so much throughout the game? But well, and that's just it. After that third quarter, now now that whole fourth quarter, you're throwing the ball. Yeah, you know, yeah, trying to just play catch up at that point. But it was but yeah, another great game for Pittman, and like it's it's good to see him becoming more consistent. Because right when he came into the league, high expectations, kind of didn't do a whole lot. But now he's starting to get a little more consistent with it. And I, I think that's a really good sign for Colts fans. I Add in Devontae Adams to that. That'd be wild. But I think Pitt- Richardson. Pitt- Pittman's biggest issue is just inconsistent quarterback play. Yeah. You know, he, he hasn't had a quarterback for longer than two years since he's been in the league. Well, and hopefully now that Anthony Richardson is kind of starting to learn, um, hopefully he learns this offseason how to protect his body a little bit more. Uh, he's got to take some notes from Tua. Yeah, he needs to take them jujitsu classes or judo, whatever it hey, was. How many games has Tua played this year? You know thing, what I mean. Brother. So like, it's obviously helping him. And there's some video I saw, not to go on a tangent about Tua, but there's some video I saw earlier this season, like, of him like getting pushed back after the play. You know, probably a QB hit, I'm sure. But he like somersaults backwards to get out of it instead of slamming on the ground. Boom, somersaults backwards or some crazy shit and gets right up. He's fine. Yeah, he did Pump like a back classes. roll. Yeah. 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 And it's a, uh, I, I was really excited for Anthony Richardson coming into this year. I really thought that, in my opinion, he was going to be the best quarterback out of this class. Now, CJ Stroud, it would take a lot for Richardson to kind of surpass what Stroud's doing. But knowing what you knew then, which was nothing, right? We, we had only their college shit to look at, really. So I would have gave that to you with how much his draft stock rose right before the draft. With because of how good of an athlete he is, like he was, is he a better athlete than Lamar Jackson? You think? No, I don't know if I'll go to that stage yet. But it was like that was the thing with Richardson is I didn't expect him to come in and be the best quarterback out of that draft class this year. I did think Stroud was going to be the best. Like he's the best. In Stroud, in my opinion, was the the best quarterback to come in and start and be consistent with the opportunity to be great. Richardson has the high ceiling, right? So he he has the high ceiling because he can just do so much. I haven't really been, I wasn't really big on Bryce Young coming out. And I mean, he's been put in a terrible position to succeed. So I'm not going to blame anything on his, anything on him. I think you need two more years. And you need, you need at least three years to judge a quarterback, truly. We also have a high level quarterback. Unless you're Jamarcus Russell or something. (laughs) You got to build the team around him. You got to get him some good coaches in there. And uh, I'm, I don't know how to feel about the Colts at this point, though. You know, the Colts are one of my, they're a team that I do like. Outside of the Chargers, they're my favorite AFC team. And it's. I think the defense is good enough they can sneak in. I do. The defense, it's been so Uh, inconsistent this year, though. This is an awkward time to be saying that, to be honest, after just getting whooped this last weekend. But, like, I would have said that shit before last game. You know, the defense is good enough to carry you into the playoffs. You know, obviously, we saw some holes this week, and again, a red-hot Jake Browning, which I think he could do that same thing to the Vikings this weekend. But I don't see why he wouldn't. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think you still see the Colts sneak in. I really do. I do, and they're they're like as as we stand right now, they are projected to be in the playoffs. You At know, the seventh seed, seventh like seed. today. Yeah, right now they're the seventh seed. The Bengals are actually the tenth seed. But there's also so much can change right there. There's six teams tied at seven and six. Yeah, dude. And that's the sixth and seventh seed is where it starts at the sixth. We're going to have some crazy flexed games coming up. Yeah, I'm interested to see if that Packers Vikings game is going to get flexed. It depends on where they stand. I mean, playoff time. You know, I'm who knows? 
It could by then. Yes, sir. Well, that's enough about that game as a whole here. Let's move on to what we had as the game of the week, and it turned out being a ass-whooping. We had the Eagles traveling down to Dallas, taking on the Cowboys. Dallas was actually favored by three and a half in this game. I, as you can probably tell by the trend here, took the Philadelphia Eagles to cover that three and a half. Smelty took them, the, the Cowboys, to win by more than three and a half. And I went 0-4 this week on my picks, so uh, we, we have told you that we will get those standings out. I think we're going to start with next week and get you it from there. No, no, I'm going to go back <laughs> and look at all this shit. <laughs> um, but but in all seriousness here, uh, the, the Eagles just, they, they don't look anything remotely close to what their team was last year. And the Cowboys look damn good, man. Dak Prescott is, he's, on, he, he's only doing, he's doing everything he can to play himself into the MVP right now. And at this point in time, he's my MVP. Damn, really? Yeah, okay. I don't see, I, I mean, the only other person that can be in that consideration right now, in my opinion, is Brock Purdy. Oh, for for NFC, or are you talking overall MVP. league? Hmm. You can make an argument for Tua, because my argument against Brock Purdy is the same reason I wouldn't include Tua. Is there in no that. argument for Tyreek to be a, beat out a quarterback this year? There's no, it's just not going to happen. So it's, I mean, in my opinion, is Tyreek, because you what about Christian McCaffrey? No. So if you look at in, really, in my opinion, like so, you have to define what the MVP is, right? It's the most valuable player. Correct. You take Tyreek off that team. They're probably okay. You take Tua off that team. Mm, I think they're more okay that if you t- than if you take McCaffrey fully away from San Francisco. Ah, uh, see, I would disagree just because of like, Shanahan's Yes, system. you have Debo. Yes, you have. And you have Elijah Kittle. Mitchell, who's who's a really good RB two. Uh, so it's just and I don't you know. there. It's and San Fran's defense is just too fucking know. good. Where, but so if you, you have to define the most valuable, deck. let's look at look at what the eagle what happened when Purdy got hurt against the Eagles last year. Yeah, they they had no they didn't do shit. <laughs> they didn't do shit. When Tua got hurt last year, the Dolphins sputtered. Yeah, yeah. I'm just sick of it being a quarterback award. It it, it forever will be. It so they need to come be. up with something else then. That, that, it's not a true MVP. Well, that's what like, it is, though. That's what it is. The MVP is a quarterback award. The offensive player of the year is probably the best player in the league. And then the defensive player of the year. But even even offensive player of the year last year, it was like at least on the NFC side, Jefferson won it. But there was what? It was between Jalen Hurts, Jefferson. I thought it was another quarterback. I can't remember. I literally just read that. Fuck. But it's always like quarter. Even in the offensive player of the years, it's always quarterbacks, too. Not, well, but that's where you see the chance for a receiver or running back or somebody else. And, I mean, at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts was one of the best offensive players in the league last year. Oh, he could have easily won. So, it's you got you got to give that credit where it's due there, too, though. Too, you know, so it's... And, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you in terms of it shouldn't be a quarterback award. But if you look at... If you define most valuable player, who's the most valuable to their team and their franchise, it is 100% gonna be going to be the quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's just fact it's just of the disappointing, matter. you know. Yeah, it sucks because there's a lot of other good players that just get overlooked. Every, I mean, it's every year though. You know, yeah. it's not a new thing. Right. You know, the last non-quarterback to win MVP was Adrian Peterson. And he, what did he have to do? He almost went for two thousand yards. He did go for two thousand yards. He went. He was like. Oh, I'm eight sorry. Yards, he was. He like was like what? eight yards away from yeah. breaking the single yep. season record, yep. and that was coming off of a torn ACL. Yeah. Like, he had the story behind him. He had the year that was just incredible. Do you think he would have still won it without that story? I mean, we'd have to go back and Probably look at not. stats because I don't... 
I, I think but, what helped him in the vote. I would have to see who he was against, what right, quarterbacks did, right, what they did. Right, right, right. Um, so, and and what helped him in that regard was it was so remarkable that he did that coming off of an ACL. Right, that no, it was just 100%. Like, 100%. Yeah, and I wish they would have ran him to, to freaking get the record. They but. did, bro. They played the Packers week 17, and they did everything they fuck. He went over 200 yards in week 17. No, they took him out the game, game late, though. No, they didn't. They, I swear to God, they did. Bro, I was watching they it. They decided I was not actually, to run. I was rooting for him because the, the Vikings were winning, like, pretty handedly, so they weren't, like, passing. I remember because I was actually rooting for him to, like, to, to, to get To break it, it. yeah, because you yeah, were there, you said? Like, no, 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 oh. no. I wasn't there, but it was like, you don't see this. Like, when is the— We're never going to— See somebody break. Yeah, I want to see greatness, dude. And it's like you're Between the Packers Peterson are already fucking. And Chris Johnson, that was the closest we got. Dude, Chris Johnson was so fun to watch. I know. But that's for another time. We're, back we're, to the game. Going, back to the game. We're going on the tangent. Um, but what, what do you make of this, man? The, the Cowboys, they're the second best team in the NFC, in my opinion. And the Eagles, they they look similar to kind of what the Lions are doing right now. No, yeah. I'd still say the Eagles are better than the Lions. They are. I would take the Eagles in an Eagles versus Lions matchup, but. That's exactly what's going on. They are kind of acting like the Lions. Came out strong, and now what? Eagles have lost two straight. And kind of what we've been looking for all game. It's not that they just lost two straight, Smelty. They got their ass whooped two weeks in a row. Right. That defense. What we've been saying, we need to see something from that defense. They can't pressure the quarterback. they're not showing it. What's the issue? Are they too young? Are they just not... It's the same defense as last year for the most part. They really they lost Javon Hargrave. He went to to sure. um, San Fran, but they gained Jalen Carter. Right. He's been he's the defensive rookie of the year right now. Right. And it's they cannot get pressure on the quarterback like that. They broke the record for sacks last year compared to the other side of the ball for Dallas, where Micah Parsons was in Jalen Hurts' face all game. All game, Micah Parsons was in Jalen Hurts' face. And the Eagles just could not replicate that. They they could not. Like, you're right. You're right. They couldn't pressure Dak. They got three sacks. But when they weren't sacking him, he had all day to throw the ball. All freaking day. And you're going to give Dak Prescott all day to throw the ball? He's going to find somebody. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different receivers for Dallas. Compared yeah. to, look at Philly. He Jalen was only able to find four different guys. Now, they're pretty much his main guys right there, but... Dude, that's it. That's insane. He, he wasn't able to spread the ball around at all because Micah Parsons was in his J- face. Jalen found three different guys. They had a fake punt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Three different guys then. That's wild. And it, I mean, granted, there it's only three main guys again. And but yeah, and it's on it's on 18 targets. It's not like they really like tried to come out and really throw the ball. But what but, that tells me is he couldn't spread the ball around. He was on his one or two guy, one or number one or number two receiver for that play every play. Before he either had to dip out or get rid of it or something. Yeah, it was, it was, it's interesting because it was, he was so fun to watch last year, dude. It was so fun to watch. He had the passing ability. He was making plays on the ground. And it's just this year, he just looks like kind of like a shell of who he was last year. Do you think he's playing injured? Because I know there was something that came out earlier in the season, right? And we were like, eh, he could be playing playing injured injured, week 14. Right, right. But I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't I'm think you'll saying. ever find out if he is because that's who he is. And right. I, I respect the shit out right. of that out of him. I really do respect that. And we're out here talking like the Eagles are like, it's just been terrible. They've lost what? I think they only lost one regular season game last year. So right. Like two years as a starter, he's lost four games. Yeah. So he can't <laughs> They're still be. the number 
they're still leading their or they're not leading their division currently, but they have if they have they should win not anymore. their division. Not anymore. That was no, the big that was that you needed to win that game. They they did, they didn't though because they have like for the, themselves. They, they needed have the to win that game. They have the fourth easiest schedule going the rest of the year, and the Cowboys have like the third hardest. Doesn't fucking matter. For for themselves, they needed to beat Dallas, a good team. But they, they keep, split the series. When when did they play them before? Uh that I don't know. A few I, weeks ago, right? Yeah. I thought it was recently though, like within a month maybe. It wasn't too long ago, I remember that. But like you can't it wasn't his... you can't sputter to a division rival this late in the season though. No. No you Or can't. be having the defensive issues that you're having two weeks in a row this late in the season. You have to That's learn how to get pressure problem. on the quarterback. I don't even hold on here. Who do, who does Philly even play? They got at Seattle next week and then uh Home against the Giants, home against the Cards, and then away against the Giants. So they got some weeks to repair themselves, but <laughs> they they just can't look like that, man. Yeah, and then if you look at the Cowboys, bro, they got the Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Commanders. Ouch. Okay. They're they'd be lucky to come out of that two and two. What if they do though? What if they do? So I mean, they they got two and two. They're gonna have two losses to the Eagles, likely none. So they're tied right now. So Eagles will still have a two game advantage if the Eagles win the rest of their four. Let's go three and one. Then you know they they still have a bye game. So let's say Dallas goes two and two. Then they would. If be they go two and two, and the, the Cowboys go two and two, the the Cowboys we, have the breaker. If they go two and two, well, I guess it depends because right now it goes into like we'd have to look at the, the divisional records and then if it goes yeah the yeah country. yeah. I'm talking about like just pure momentum. Pure momentum. If if the Cowboys go two and two, then they went seven and two in their last nine to end their season. Yeah, I yeah. There's easy opponents in there: the Giants, the Panthers. You know, um, but they also play the Eagles twice. But that's nuts. Nine and two, or I'm sorry, seven and two in your last nine to end the season. You, you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself and a chance at home field advantage potentially. It's, that's, but I now do I see them beating both the Bills, Dolphins, and Lions like those those three games? It's going to be tough to come I out of that know. with two wins. <laughs> it it is it is because you're in Buffalo. That's always a tough place to play, especially with the way that they're playing. Uh, right now. Playing Miami wherever you are is tough. Uh, and then the Lions, who knows by then? You know that's a few weeks out. The Lions are kind of getting week to week. All of a sudden, they don't look good, man. Well, I think that's all we have for week 14. 911, what's your emergency? Let's get into some 10 talks, sir. Let's start off with some injuries. Your boy, Justin Jefferson, long-awaited comeback from the injury. Didn't last too long, man. What's going on with him? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously everybody was super excited to get JJ back, uh, yours truly included. And then, yeah, he didn't last very long. It doesn't help that Dobbs was staring him down the whole time he was actually in the game. But he took a shot to the back, which ended up somehow injuring his chest to the point where he left the game and the stadium and ended up going to the hospital. Uh, Turns out everything is okay, I guess. So he just traveled back with the team. And so apparently they're expecting him to most likely play this Saturday, but it's still more of like a day-to-day situation. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than what it ended up being with it, you know, the, him going to the well, hospital and whatnot. Maybe it was just precautionary because it was it, chest. They it wanted had to, to have been because he walked off the field on his own accord. He looked, he was walking fine. Yeah, he didn't look like you he know? was in like a lot of He wasn't pain. like laboring like TJ Hawkinson every catch. <laughs> <laughs> That's Poor hilarious. Guy. 
No That's offense hilarious. to DJ, but poor guy. But yeah, I want to see him back. You know, I, I like what he brings to the NFL. I like what he brings to the Vikings offense. Um, so I hope he plays this week, man. And they need him. They sure do. All right, let's uh, go to the AFC West. Justin Herbert, he fractured his right index finger, came out today that he does indeed need surgery. He's done for the year, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not the, I mean, it's a big loss to the Chargers for sure, but it's not a big loss for the season. The season's already lost for the Chargers, to be quite honest. So it'll be a good chance to see what Easton Stick has. I think he's the starter going forward. So um, I'm not expecting much from him. Yeah, and the Chargers are they're not making they're not doing anything this year. They're basically out of the playoffs. They need to so. fire their coach. Well, that's that's a whole other podcast we could have about that. Um, but let's switch focus then to another AFC team here. The Cleveland Browns lost Dewan Jones having knee surgery. He's done for the year. Yeah, I mean that's I mean for the Browns, you already can't keep losing people, and <laughs> it seems like they have people dropping every week. And now you're going to lose your rookie right tackle. I, I'm sorry. I don't think he's right. Could be left. I can't remember. But you're one of your rookie tackles for the season who's been playing well. He's actually the highest graded uh, pass blocker among, among rookies. He's much lower on the run blocking department. But um, I, I think that's easily, more easily learned, I would imagine, than pass blocking when you got to deal with stepping back uh, and dealing with say a Nick Bosa or something you know what I mean so I think run blocking he'll be able to figure it out but either way big loss to the Cleveland Cleveland yeah. offense especially for a team with with footless Joe Flacco back there oh. I mean they're eight and five they're the fifth seed right now they're they're in control hey, of their own destiny there. for the playoffs so that is a big loss a bigger loss he's still in concussion concussion protocol he hit his head pretty hard on the turf CJ Stroud a guy that we've been raving pretty much nonstop this year that sucks. And I mean, obviously, the, we don't need to talk about it too much, how much they need him in their lineup for them to have an opportunity to win on Sundays right now. Uh, yeah, he means everything to that team right now. He's the heart and soul as a rookie. An- He's an- the leader. Another team on the outs. Are they on the outside looking in right now? I think they're part of that six-team tie or whatever. Um, so they got to, man, they just need him to play. They do they have a chance yeah. at the playoffs concussion protocol. So, you know, he should be back so this year. Know. Hopefully he is. Yeah. He might even play this week. You can pass that within a day. Uh, then we go over a lot of AFC this week. A lot of AFC this week. We have these star edge rushers for the Steelers. They mean more to that team than anybody. And you can any- make an argument <laughs> yeah. that the TJ Watt is the MVP of that team. Oh, he is. That no, team. he is. But I mean, he what is. he's been able to do with Alex, my Alex Highsmith being those constant pressures, both of those fellas in concussion protocol, big loss to the Steelers. No doubt. And when you're already without Kenny Pickett on the other side of the ball, you need as much help as possible on the defensive side of the ball. And without these two guys, ah, I mean, they're the heart and soul of whatever defense exists there right now, but they're, they're the heart and soul of it. They lead that defense and they need them on the field. And they're two of the best edge rushers in the league. So that's a huge loss. Well, that's all we have for injuries. Not a whole lot of news this week. You know, it's pretty lull week there. It's basically just injuries. But as always, we do have to touch on our Rodgers watch. He is expected to be cleared for their Christmas Eve game. He will start for the Jets if they are not eliminated from the playoffs. I think right now, the last I saw, they were like 11%. Zach Wilson looks real damn good this last hey, he week. he played well, yeah. But if they, uh, if they are eliminated, he might still be the emergency quarterback that suits up if, you know, the first two guys get hurt, which, you know, makes sense. 
you don't want to put him out there if you don't need to. But the fact that this guy might step foot on a football team in uniform after tearing his ACL in week one is, is just mind-boggling. Third emergency quarterback. So who's backing up Zach Wilson then? Do you know? I don't know because they even, cut Tim Boyle. Right. Yeah, I don't even know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is it is crazy to think that he's even expecting to have a chance to step on the field, like you said. Uh, I Again, I don't think that they will be in playoff contention. So, therefore, I do not think we'll see Aaron Rodgers um, playing on the field again this season. But but we'll just, you know, another th- another. I know I say it all the freaking time, but another thing, we just got to kind of see what happens, you know. We can speculate all we want, but until we get to that point, until we get to Christmas Eve and know if the Jets are still looking at a spot or not, then we won't know if we'll see Rodgers. He's a mysterious being. I really hope we do. To answer your question, it's Trevor Simeon and Brett Rippon. So I believe Brett Rippon so, right now is the emergency quarterback. Yeah, it would definitely be Simeon. Brett is not. He ain't it. Yes, well, it's going to be interesting. I hate to, to rip s- on him, but... It's going to be interesting to see if Zach Wilson can kind of keep that momentum from last game going. And they're 5-8 and eight right now, so, you know, they're not out of... They're two games back from that six-team tie. Let's see who they have for the rest of the I was, year. I was just about to pull that up, too. I was like, I wonder got, who the Jets are going to play. <laughs> we got the Dolphins next week, the nope. Commanders, Browns, Patriots. That's 2-2. Two two. Yeah, that gets you 8-9. and nine. I don't think that's doing it. If they could squeak out a win against the Dolphins or Browns and even finish 3-1... and one, for that team to finish nine and eight after losing Rodgers for week one, there would be pretty freaking cool, impressive. But ah, I, I, Dolphins, no, Browns, maybe not. I don't know. Not I don't with see the way it. Joe Flacco's playing. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, I don't see it, but you know, all the best for the guy. I hope to see him this season. I really do, but I, I don't think we will. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I hope we do, but it's gonna be an exciting next year. Well, that leads us to my favorite segment, sir. Your Bonehead Move of the Week. Yes, well, welcome back to Bonehead Move of the Week. Uh, This week, I'm sure most of you that have already listened to some of our episodes can probably gather where we're going to go with this one. Patrick Mahomes, man. Um, One of the most humble players, honestly, in the NFL um, that you'll find, truly. Uh, every, Every time... They've lost in the past. You know, he he always puts it on himself rather than the team. And, uh, you know, just wears his heart on his sleeve, you know, really, really takes ownership of the success and fall of the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, this weekend, I, you didn't really see that um, with that frustrating call at the end of the game. Mahomes, you know, Usually at the end of the game, it's a big deal, right? The cameras follow and everything, and you see the quarterbacks go up and can, you know, say what's up to each other, you know, a respect thing. And uh, Mahomes walked up to Josh Allen and said some wild things that I'm going to quote here that will be explicit. So if you want to be mad at somebody for cussing, you can be mad at Patrick Mahomes. As he met Allen on the field, Mahomes said, quote, Wildest fucking call I've ever seen. Offensive offsides in that moment. Man, fucking terrible. End quote. And then walks away from Josh Allen. And Josh Allen is kind of funny. Josh Allen's kind of stand, stand there like, uh, okay. Which is wild because Josh Allen, how many times has Josh Allen been on the other side of that handshake with Patrick Mahomes? You know, you would think he'd have at least a little bit more respect for Josh Allen as a, as a fellow quarterback or whatever, you know. Um, 
But what do you make of what is now becoming the Patrick Mahomes meltdown? It's very uncharacteristic of him. Right. And as you mentioned, he's one of the most humble guys. He'll always take credit. And I think it's to the boiling point of the Chiefs offense this week. Sorry, this year. And after the call last week against the Packers to end it, you know, it's it's at some point, like, the, the guy's fucking human. He, for sure. I, was it uncalled for? Yes. At the end of the day, you should be able to control your emotions, but it, it was such a spectacular play and such a good play by Travis Kelsey that will probably not be remembered when it's all said and done, Would which have been sucks. Probably the top play of the year. Yeah, I, at least I, had it been a candidate. Yeah, I can't sure. think of something off the top of my head, but because the pass from Kelsey was perfect, it was a perfect spiral. <laughs> he hit, it and Tony caught get, it as he's getting decked, and Tony actually caught it. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, no, but but yeah, so it's it just, and he's come out and apologized. He says, you know, you should never speak to an official, let alone any real. He shouldn't speak to any humans like that. So good on him to do that, as you kind of expect him to do. I just really thought he was caught up in the emotions. And the whole thing with Josh Allen is, you know, the, the clip that we see, it kind of starts really kind of with him saying that. So I'm hoping with just who, who Patrick Mahomes has kind of shown he was, like as they were walking up, he might have said something like, hey, great game, but then led to this. I'd imagine so. I, I would Because, yeah, that so, clip, you already see them pretty much embraced. Exactly. And then walking away from each other. Exactly. You know? So, so. you never know because the media is going to try to clip it, make it for what it is. No doubt. And, and you know, like, I mean, like I said, it's – is it uncalled for? Should he have done it? No, but I, I really can't blame the fellow. I'm, I'm personally, I'm not mad at it. Like, I love seeing the passion and, and everything that this game means to him. So, I, it is what it is. Well, and, and this is what he said. So, that last quote I got was from People Magazine. <laughs> of course, I'm, I'm sure Mahomes does seem like the type that would probably interview people. I don't know why. I'm just saying, like, I'm no hate, just whatever. Anyway, Mahomes also says, quote, but more than anything, I regret that he said this today. Um, I regret the way I acted towards Josh after the game because he had nothing to do with it. I was a little hot and emotional, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example for kids watching the game. So I was more upset about that than me on me on the sidelines. And then blah, 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 blah. Goes on to say, I care, man. I love it. I love this game. I love my teammates. I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. But obviously can't do that. Can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in life. So he did. he does come out, obviously, today and say all that, which... Is more of the Patrick Mahomes. Not only does he have to, obviously, but that's more of like you can say that's scripted. You can say whatever, but like that—that's who he's shown his character to be his whole NFL career to this point. No, absolutely, and I—I mean, I don't think it was necessarily scripted by any means. And it's just—it is who he's shown to be. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to come out and say something, but I mean, I'm from the whole kids' perspective. Like, yeah, I get it, but that's only because of the day and age we live in. I, I look at it as as a father and like. I got a kid that's playing sports and like sees that like I'm going to I'm going to show that is like that's how passionate this guy is about the game he loves and he truly embraces every aspect of it. So I I personally can't. Yeah, I mean, there's kids out there like and I don't know, man. It's like is, is a kid going to see that and then go and bitch out an official bitch out because Patrick Mahomes no, did right? it? Like, I think that's more of an instillment <laughs> of who your coaches are and who you are as a parent to like that's your kid's mindset. Sure. And if, if it is, if they're that passionate about something and it's that exact situation or a similar situation, like, yeah, I'm going to have that conversation with my kid, but I'm not going to like, you're not going to get in trouble. Right, right. And I'm, I'm cool with, with him coming out and apologizing. And again, that makes sense. It's everything 
who he what he stands for and who he is as a person. The one thing I don't agree with, no matter what, you can apologize all you want. Kind of an unwritten rule, no matter what level of football, you don't throw your helmet on the fucking ground. You know, and he took it and he two handed slammed that son of a bee right on the ground. And again, I get it, right? Like he's saying, it's the emotional, you know, I did that once. I never did it again, but I did that once because short story, whatever quarterback coach wanted us receivers to go out and practice our blocking, run blocking and whatever. And I was doing everything he said, according to me, right? I was doing everything he wanted me to do. And I was still doing it wrong after like 10 times. I was like, well, then F and show me and blah, blah, blah. And rip my helmet off through it, whatever. But it's not something that you do. Of course, I was 17 at the time, not uh, however the hell old Mahomes is, 28 or whatever. But it's like one of those unwritten rules, you know, and, and he knows that. And I, again, probably something else he regrets, right? But he said, just don't throw your helmet, man. That goes for anybody out there playing football. Don't, don't, that, that thing protects you. Respect, respect your helmet. Yeah, no, I, I'm 100. I can 100% get behind that. It was similar in baseball for me playing growing up. You know, it's like you you get out, whatever. You you don't come back to the dugout, throw your helmet. I did it one time pitching when I just fucking was terrible. Came in and just came in and threw my glove into my uh, into my bag. And my it wasn't even the head coach. It was the pitching coach came up to me, yelled at me, and then stuck me in the bullpen as the catcher for the rest of the game. So it was it was like you're going to learn and I and I never even thought about doing it from then because it's again like you have to respect like like it's you part have of respecting to, the game. It is. It's part of respecting the game. But at the same time, so is not yelling at officials. For sure. But at the for same sure. time, <laughs> for sure. At the same time, let's go over to baseball. How many times do managers get ejected for arguing balls and strikes? Kind, in of, the MLB? Part of, it's kind of part of the game. <laughs> you know, it is so A little bit like, different. At the end, and coaches throughout the whole game are doing everything. Their only thing they're doing is bitching at the officials. Hundred percent. And so officials already put up with a lot from the coaches. I and that's a I'll tough tell job. you firsthand. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you firsthand. Even at the high school level, the officials put up with a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's a tough job. And I, it's so. In my opinion, though, you don't call that. You just don't call that in that crucial part of the game. Was it egregious? Absolutely, it was. But I just don't think you call it. No, and like I'm fifty fifty on it because it, it, he's offsides clear as day, offsides. Um, but usually, I feel like offensive offsides they don't let the play continue. Usually, it's as soon as the ball snapped. I felt like they usually call it. No, no, it's all the time. So it's just like defensive offsides. You give the it's defense an play. opportunity to make a play. Okay. Yep. Well, I don't know, man. I guess it's di- different rules, obviously, for the NFL. But it's just like. I just think you have to call it if it's that obvious. If it's that obvious. But under two minutes, you hate to see any calls on either team. Let them play football. Now, if you're going up for a pass and you get decked and you don't even, not even sniffing the ball, yeah, dude, come on. Yeah. But, like, if it's close, I, I get what you're saying. You know, we don't want, as fans, we don't want the refs running the games. Is it a power trip thing for the refs? You've seen it over the history of the NFL. There's always those conspiracies that, the NFL scripted and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the refs are being told this or that and the other thing. I think it's more or less sometimes the refs are like, this, what was it? It was a Monday night game? No, a Sunday night game, wasn't it? The Chiefs, no, it was a Sunday afternoon game. Sorry, the Chiefs Bills. But like, this is national TV. I'm going to get my time. Flag. Yeah. <laughs> and I th- that 100% has happened in the past. It's just, it sucks to see. The, the worst thing about it is it just, it sucks to see that it came to that. That's what the talk of the, the game is. At the end of the day, that just sucks. No, 100%. 100%.
Let's get on to this week's slate, sir. I did listen last week, and I had not really noticed that. <laughs> I, I didn't had even notice that shit until just now. I read it. I was like, "Oh shit, he's gonna go with the Vikings game first. <laughs> I did listen. I honestly just hadn't realized that that has been the case. So we're gonna start off next week's slate. We have the Vikings traveling down to Cincinnati, taking on the Bengals. The home team Bengals are a three and a half point favorite in that game. It's your team, sir. Start us off. <laughs> I I don't actually give a shit, but I appreciate this. Yes. Um, so, yes, yeah, the best team in the league. We're starting with the Minnesota Vikings um, traveling to Cincinnati. Ah, dude, I, I really don't think I can take the Vikings here. Seriously. I think Cincinnati wins by that three and a half. I don't want to say that. As a fan, I'm rooting for my Vikings this weekend, obviously. But Jake Browning's hot. Um, that defense played well this past weekend, too. We we talked about Jake Browning and that offense already, but that defense really stepped up this weekend as well. Um, now I do think Brian Flores will be bringing the heat, as always. So well, that's the matchup for me. Jake Browning versus whatever blitzes. It's Jake Browning versus Brian Flores this weekend for me, for the game. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think the Vikings are going to win this game. You got Nick Mullins coming in at quarterback. I mean, the the Vikings did score the same amount of points as the Wild did last Sunday, so you never really know what's going to happen. <laughs> Look at you with the Wild stat. Hey-o. Um, But I'm with you. I just I think the Bengals are playing way too hot. Jake Browning, just he's playing out of his mind. They have a balanced offense. Chase Brown, yeah, he came out last week, but they still got Jamar. They still got T. Higgins. They still got Tyler Boyd. Joe Mixon's being his normal self this year. So I, I just think the Bengals are just playing way too hot right now. I got the I got the Bengals covering that three and a half. That moves us on to the next game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers come up to Lambeau, taking on my Packers. Even after that abyss, after that poor performance last week, the Packers are favoring this one three and a half points. It's a get back game. Packers are going to cover that, sir. Uh, I agree. Uh, this is a must win game for them after last week. I really thought after that touchdown that that was it. I thought that defense would honestly lock it down and the Giants wouldn't even get an attempt at a field goal. I thought it would come down to a Hail Mary, to be honest with you. So, I don't know. I'm a little concerned, but I'm going to go with the Packers. I think that's they should win. They have to win. What scares me in this game is the Buccaneers have just as much to play for as the Packers because they're still in con- they're still, you know, going at it in that NFC um South division. Um, Technically, but- they're leading the division right yeah, now too. They yeah. Are. They wow. are. So I, I think the Packers, they need this one more than Ooh. anything. Going back up to Lambeau. The NFC South is tight. NFC South is a terrible division. That is tight, though. Just terrible. Tight. You got well, yeah, Tampa. Every six single and team seven has a losing record. Oh, my God. Tight. The, lo- the winner <laughs> of this division might actually have a losing record on the year. You know what's insane? They probably will, actually. The Saints are a 6-7 and seven with a, 20, a plus 24-point differential. Mm. That's wild to me. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, so yeah, Packers are going to cover this one. They're going to win by more than three and a half. Um, but that three and a half kind of scares me. I think this is a really is like a field goal game, to be honest with you. Yeah, that so point I, five love is. I would this if it was three, yeah. but I'm still confident in the, in the three and a half. Yep, I'm still taking the pack, too. Then we have a AFC showdown with the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are favored in this one, two and a half points. Kenny Pickett's not back yet. Did not love what I saw on Mitch Trubisky last week. No. That defense. And I, this, I thought this he'd all play the, much better. Uh, so did I. I thought that would open up the offense a little bit more with him as well, and they really didn't seem to do that. And uh, it, to me, this game solely is dependent on if Alex Highsmith and TJ Water are good to go. 100%. I was going to say this is the exact same shit. Uh 
Yeah, I mean, cons- I got to go with the Colts because, I mean, considering the, the Steelers struggling against the Patriots last week, that off- that offense is extremely concerning. Uh, I don't think they... I, I Yeah, w- especially without T.J. Watt and Highsmith, they don't have a shot. Straight up, don't have a shot. So they need their de- they need those guys on defense, and then they need their defense to almost pitch a shutout. So I got to go with the Colts. I'm with you on that one. I got the Colts in this one, too. The Colts really, really, really need this game. That, you know, they're a part of those, that, that six-team tie. And it's, I just, I, I just can't. And one of those teams is the Steelers. I it mean, is. this is, this is going to be a matchup right here. Yeah. Because the Steelers aren't winning the AFC North. The, the, the Ravens got that kind of on lock, I believe, right now. Yeah. Even with a healthy Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. Now, granted, a concussion isn't like a, like a, a lingering hamstring injury where it affects you week after week. It's if you're back, you're back. But I don't know. I, I just I can't trust the Steelers' offense after what the Patriots did to them last week, man. So let's move on. We got the Cowboys taking on the Bills up in Buffalo. The home team is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This is our game of the week. I'll lead us off here. It looks like you're kind of pondering. I think the Cowboys are going to go in and actually win this one. I, I think this is a, a Cowboys win by a touchdown or more. They're, they're playing. They're, they're, their offense is clicking on every level right now. Their defense is playing really good. Don't tell Stephon Gilmore he's older. He's going to come at you, and he's going to come at you bad. Yeah. Um, so, Stephon Diggs, learn. Learn from A.J. Brown. But the the Bills are playing good, but I think the Cowboys have a better defense than the Chiefs, and, and Josh Allen didn't look great last week. Cowboys are winning this one by, like I said, seven or more. Yeah, I think it's really hard to argue that. It really is. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and make it interesting. Uh, let's, let's, go, let's go with the Bills. Um, you know, going back home, this is a chance for them to... They got lucky this past weekend. They really did. Obviously, we've already touched on that multiple times. Um, but this is this is a game where, I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll be cold. Maybe Dallas can't handle that this weekend. I don't know. But that's what I'm banking on, that there'll be some weather that's going to be kind of a crappy game. And the Bills could sneak out with it. I don't know. I think Josh Allen... And if it's good weather... I think this is a bounce-back game for Josh Allen. I think it's a hard defense to do it against, but if he does, then maybe we do see the Bills in the playoffs, which we did not think was a possibility like two weeks ago. That's a scary team to see in the playoffs. Who? The Bills. No, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah, once they get there, then who knows? All bets are off. That's a sneaky team. All bets are off. So I think we'll make it interesting this week for game of the week. I think I got to go with Bills at home. All right. I like the diversity. I like the diversity. All right, let's round this this slate out here. We have the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are a a three-and-a-half-point underdog in this one. To be honest with you guys, the slate's not too terribly great this week, so we were kind of stuck with two games here that we we just had to kind of flip a coin on, you know? Um, But the the Ravens are going to win this game by, you know, at least four points. I, I got the Ravens taking this one easily. They're playing damn good right now. That defense is jumping. OBJ seems to be coming kind of back in that old form. He's kind of building that connection with Lamar now. So I got the Ravens winning this one. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue that. Uh, I'm probably going Ravens too, uh, especially with, do we know if Trevor Lawrence is back this week? Uh, Pretty sure he's playing, yeah. Trevor Lawrence should be good to go for Wednesday's practice, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, they're at home. Ooh. Jaguars need this game too. They do. I, you know what? F it. We're gonna make this interesting too. I think the Jaguars at home. Yeah, they're not three. They're 
The Ravens are three and a half point favorites, but I think if they have Trevor Lawrence, I think they have a shot. And again, it's another team that's playing with some emotion. They know how close they are to falling out of the playoffs. They know they got to keep winning. I I think this this is obviously a must win game for them. We knew it was going to be tight for them coming down the stretch. They can't they they really couldn't lose last week and they did. So I think they know it's all on the line here. So I think Jacksonville may be playing with pressure. Pull it off. I like it. I like it. We're going to have a little mix up in the scoreboard. And we will. <laughs> Not that this means anything to you guys at this point because you've heard it week after week. No but Smelty and I have. Uh, <laughs> no one cares. Smelty and I have. <laughs> that's a little inside joke for us. Um, but Smelty and I have committed. We will get you the standings this week. Now, you know, we, we haven't been too terribly consistent with getting a pot every week. We, we've kind of turned that around. So we'll commit to you guys. We'll get that done. You get to get a pot every week for the rest of the year. And then we're going to have some fun in the offseason with you guys as well. But as always, like, comment, subscribe, Spotify, YouTube. We are there. Smelty, it's been a pleasure, brother. We'll see you guys next week. As always. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more banter with the boys.